Welcome to the IPX True North Podcast, where we connect people, processes, and tools. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IPX True North Podcast. We are thrilled to have you join us today. I'm Deanna Hensley, the VP of Customer Success, and I have two of our IPX experts with us. We have Brandy Taylor, VP of Services, and Michael Benning, Vice President of Organizational Change Management, OCM. A few weeks ago, we released a blog on our website and across social media that was written by Mike, and it was titled, Finding and Achieving the Appropriate Level of Standardization. And fantastic blog, Mike, by the way. Thank you so much. And with process standardization, we talk a lot about process harmonization. So that's what we're going to focus on in this episode today. I'm going to throw the first question out to both of you, or just statement. Talk to me about the purpose of process harmonization. Thanks, Dee. I appreciate the, the introduction. The purpose of process harmonization. So aiming to follow a common process across individuals and teams, it provides a ton of really great benefits to the business. And when people are working in the same way at each step within a process, our metrics become meaningful. And they can be used as a tool for identifying or improving bottlenecks in other issues. It, it helps provide that foundation for continual improvement. Various ways of working are really difficult to measure and are hard to definitively improve. So a clear and concise process provides a standard methodology to capture your business best practices and ensure that less experienced employees understand the work to be accomplished. And it's a way to capture the tribal knowledge of your more experienced workforce. I'm glad first, I think I'm glad Brandy went first because that was really good. <laughs> Just a couple of things. I think I'll make it short and sweet, but I think there is an assumption that there are best practices. There are good ways to execute a process and less good ways to execute a process. And so the opportunity to harmonize, to standardize and get everybody on uh, a, a preferred way of doing it is obviously going to offer some benefits. And, and I guess the other point maybe I'd, I'd make, and I think Brandy touched on this one as well, but it's really not productive to try to improve a process that's out of control, that is being done in a myriad of different ways. That is often uh, just wasted effort. Step number one really needs to be getting everybody on the same page, getting the process under control and executed in a, in a standardized way. So I'm hearing a lot about value add. So given the potential for incremental value add, what challenges do organizations typically encounter? I guess it's not easy for different teams or disciplines to agree to working in the same way. And often each team per se, or a division or domain may have different optimized ways, right? They may have worked on their own version of the process. They may have optimized this to the way that they would like, and it may be working really well for them. And so why would they want to move to another process or another version of the process that they may perceive not as working well as well for their needs? And what if their functional leaders don't reinforce process, right? So what is the incentive to fix what the managers in their team don't think is broken or is a priority. Yeah, we see that a lot, Brady. It's true. And I think the question that maybe begs for me is maybe 
the question becomes at what level is it appropriate to standardize? In other words, if one business unit, it's more appropriate to, to execute the process in this way and a different business unit, it's better in another way. Perhaps you standardize it at, at a level slightly higher than that and don't get into that kind of level of granularity or standardize within, within a particular business unit. So it might be business unit specific standard ways of working, that sort of thing. The other thing I'll just add to that, I think one of the things we often encounter in terms of standardization are organizational reporting relationships. In other words, perhaps a process owner, the person responsible for optimizing that process, standardizing it, et cetera, making it run right, may report at a corporate level. Whereas process practitioners may report into various functions, various business units, et cetera. And so you've got uh, a potential different drivers there, potentially different metrics. And so oftentimes process owners are, are left to, to influence, left to, to optimize through influence, if I can say it that way. So you've got a, a slightly different set of value drivers across the organization. Within our organization here at IPX, we preach a lot about process standardization and consistency in processes. And going back to what you both said and Brandy, what you said earlier about what's the point. Some people think this is idealistic. Some people find this totally unachievable. Um, how do you guys feel about that? In some cases, it is achievable and it can be a competitive advantage. It can reduce unplanned work. It can reduce firefighting and intervention and increase planned and intentional work. And in some cases, it's extremely difficult and may not even make good business sense to do. This is why often we like to call it process harmonization instead of commonization, because I think we need to define a business process hierarchy where towards the top, you have your goals and objectives of the business process to align the enterprise. And then as you break it down into the lower levels in the process hierarchy, you start to incorporate specifics for different sectors of the business to suit individual needs. And the business process owner per se needs to define what is a requirement for business units to achieve. And then may also what may be guidelines, right? That may be tailored to suit individual business needs. So each business unit or division, in my opinion, really needs to be harmonized in the right way to serve their individual goals and objectives, as well as the enterprise goals and objectives. And it, it may not make good business sense to force some, maybe let's say, for example, smaller, more nimble business units to work in the same way as some of the more larger, more complex portions of the business. And in fact, forcing them to do so really may make them less effective less efficient and, and even less profitable. Yeah, I'll build on that just for a second, if I might. The I want to go back. Dee, you mentioned uh, the word unachievable, and I, I think I want to back up and broaden the conversation a little bit and, and maybe back up and ask the question, what is it that we're trying to achieve? Maybe a, another form of the question, what problem are we trying to solve? And I think I would frame the question maybe in terms of what problem we're trying to solve and is standardization an appropriate mitigator for that problem and what value does it add? As opposed to approaching the problem as we're gonna standardize processes, I think I would frame it as let's back up and understand what problem it is we're trying to solve and what that problem is worth uh, to get fixed and is standardization the right approach? This is obviously a very strategic and comprehensive and thoughtful approach. So organizations need teams. And we're talking about doing this in the business unit 
or across an entire organization. And many organizations, especially large organizations, they become who they are because of acquisition. So considering this, a company really consists of many small companies that might work in very different ways. They have different needs, different goals, as Mike was saying. Should these segments be harmonized? It's, you know, Dean, you're talking about this and, you know, a recent example that that comes to immediately to mind is uh, Ford Motor Company, right? And okay, so that's not an acquisition per se. We heard news that there was going to be an internal combustion engine piece of the business and an EV piece of the business. And those were going to be largely separate uh, business entities. And I think the takeaway from that is recognition that business segments are going to have individual needs. They're going to need to be good potentially at different things to be to be successful. And I think so. I think the answer is yes, there are places where it makes sense to optimize or standardize at a slightly lower level than at the enterprise level. Yeah, this is common, right? I think often a business has had many acquisitions. We've worked with a number of them over the years, and they consist of multiple, very many small, medium, and potentially large sites. And those can potentially have very different business models and volumes and maybe their product complexity and risk profile is different across the board. So those different models really should require different ways of working. Great examples, great responses. So within one large organization, there's always gonna be competing priorities. We're talking about different divisions, uh, different products. These competing priorities, they might limit the ability to achieve harmonization across processes and tools, right? Let's not forget how important that is. How does an organization find that sweet spot? Where do they know where to start? Where do they know where the harmonization should exist? I'm sure we've all worked in organizations where different functions within the business have some competing goals and objectives. And I think process really should be viewed very similar to designing a product. And when I say that, I mean it to be designed with requirements and processes can and should be designed with intent and designed to enable and achieve specific business goals and objectives. And I think Mike said it very well is we really need to understand what problems we're trying to solve and really focus there. Yeah, I, I can't add a lot to that, Brady. That was well said. Maybe just for emphasis, I think building on what you said, I think it's all about the problem and what is it worth to solve that problem. Let's not assume that standardization for the sake of standardization is a good thing. Let's make make the solution fit the problem. Yeah, and I think many organizations are really working to become more digital. And so as a goal and objective, that could be what they're focused at. It can be very difficult to automate variable ways of working. D, to your point, with regards to tools, process harmonization can lead to less redundant tools, less IT licensing costs, and system maintenance costs. So when an improvement needs to be incorporated, the IT team may not have to implement in multiple instances, which, for example, brings redundant and potentially unnecessary IT resource expenditures for solving one problem in potentially five different ways for five different instances, for example. So to harmonize or not to harmonize, what are some specific examples of some considerations, excuse me, that should be made um, when an organization is deciding if they should harmonize? I think businesses obviously need to outline a robust business case 
for the initiatives or for the options that it's evaluating to make sure they're moving in the right direction. So it's no different than we talk about our change process, right? We wanna make sure that we're making robust business decisions before we go and, and execute. So I think a compelling business case, in addition to potential strategic justifications, really should always drive transformation initiatives, right? There's a lot of resources that go into these things that we really wanna be smart and very intentional and know that we're going to get the benefits that, that we're intending to get. And included in that business case should be repercussions for potentially not changing as well in the current state. Just like Mike said, a business should always clearly define their problems. I think a lot of times, and even in, in college, I feel like we, are taught to solve problems, right? So we're really ready to jump to the execution phase and not really pause and really define our problem statement well. And I think that's really key. Yeah, the juice has to be worth the squeeze. <laughs> Indeed. Okay, so it's all about having the right variables, the right problem st statement, knowing what you're trying to approach, knowing what you're trying to harmonize, getting the, the right team on board and having everyone understand. There's a lot of pieces to it. Once the right level of harmonization is achieved, how does an organization maintain all of the, the balance to those variables? Brandy, I'm trying to think of an example of an organization we've worked with where the stakeholders felt like that correct balance was achieved. That might be a unicorn. Maybe they they're out there. I can't say that they're not. In, in, in the case that maybe they are, I would say sit tight. Internal forces, external business forces, factors will just sit tight. Those forces and factors will, will change the nature of the business and it'll be time to, to re-optimize the processes. I think a balance, like you said, Mike, is so hard. I think there's just too many competing priorities and, and there's always ebbs and flows of the business needs, right? I think that happens year after year. So maintaining that balance is a challenge. Um, but I guess to think about what I might recommend is as a business sets and adjusts their business goals annually or periodically, just don't forget to think about your business processes, right? Like business processes are not one and done. And just because you've optimized them once doesn't mean that they're good to go for the next five years or even three years, right? So I think you need to make sure you take that time to evaluate your business processes and your ways of working accordingly. Are we still making business decisions properly? Are our roles and responsibilities defined adequately to meet these new revised goals that we've set? Is there anything that we can do in the process to adjust it now that we have new requirements and so we can drive the right outputs? So I think process just has to be fit for purpose. It has to be adjustable to the needs of the business and, and just scalable to the size of the business as well. And another thing that I've learned a lot from Mike over the years is metrics, right? Another thing is metrics. Are your metrics still meaningful? Are they measuring the right things as your business is, in, is changing and your needs are changing? Because metrics drive behaviors and they definitely incentivize your people to behave in a certain way. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's great. Thank you. Thanks for the compliment. But I think just building on that, I think if you felt like your your processes are there and they're robust and the balance has been found, maybe it's time to to look harder get a little closer to the shop floor from a process perspective, understand it a little deeper and, uh, and identify opportunities because I'm, I'm not sure I've discovered the perfect process yet. The journey, not the destination. Indeed. Maybe, de depending on what your product is, right? right. 
So it's always checking yourself. It's adaptive monitoring. It's continually changing and evolving and checking yourself to, to always be better and safer. So we talk a lot in our training and our services about those items and finding a common language and finding common ways of working and how to avoid deviations and waivers and what happens when those things cost our organization's money. Would there be any situation where an organization actually does need to go the other way and they need to deviate from a common way of working? Sure. I, yeah, I, I think that there's always reasons for, for different things. So I think as a business evolves, it needs to be adaptable and ever stagnant. So I think recent supply chain issues over COVID years are really a, a really good example, right? And as those needs arise, your business model needs to change and to serve the needs of the organization in that area efficiently and effectively. And maybe a business acquires a new company that has a vastly different business model or product than the core company. And it should indeed require maybe a variation in its way of working for optimal efficiency and effectiveness in that area. So sure, I think that you're always needing to evaluate, you know, where you want to be in that commonization sweet spot, if that makes sense. Yeah, I fully agree. I just want to pick up on the word deviations and, and forgive me if I go off on a little diatribe here, but Brandy and I get jaded and, and I think oftentimes we, when we hear deviations versus our normally defined ways of working, oftentimes that's code for deviations or how we manage the day-to-day -day business, right? It's the deviations become the standard way of working. And I think that's a watch out. That is something to be on the lookout for and to be careful of. I think, you know, if, if deviations start to equal the so-called uh, normal ways of working, there's a, a, a an opportunity to fix w what it should be. But I fully agree with Brandy. There are absolutely legitimate reasons to deviate from the so-called standard practice. But I think that there too, that should be a defined and well understood process for deviating from normal. That that should be understood. If it's important enough to deviate, it's important enough to document it and understand it well. Well said. Change is hard. We all know that. We see it every day. We witness it every day. We work with it every day. What are some key considerations for ensuring that these harmonization efforts are successful, that they continue happening? It, it goes back to, to what we said before. It's a crisply defined problem, starting with that, understanding what the value of solving that problem is, framing it in those terms with stakeholders, leads to, to more success. You get more support from the stakeholders you need, which in turn tends, uh, leads to more better resources uh, and deployed and, and really chasing the opportunity. Framing it in, in terms of standardization for standardization's sake tends to be uh, a recipe for less success. And I, I would also recommend that don't forget about people. And I know that sounds really obvious, but communication on the what and the why can never be overdone, right? We can never communicate enough. And I think people need to really feel that they're engaged and that they're heard and they need to understand the change, why it's happening, when it's happening, how it's going to affect their specific roles and tasks and the why. And so I think people can often make or break initiatives. And if you try to harmonize and change their process, people have to be willing to follow that. So they can always go go backwards. There's always ways to deviate or find those loopholes. And so I think the, those initiatives where it's a do what you're told because it's your job mentality just doesn't work, right? It, oh, it just, it, we see that time and time again. So 
I think just making sure that we're communicating that right level of information at every level for every impacted role and make sure even like some of those naysayers, make sure that those people are heard and respected. And I think a culture per se that that does this kind of communication and manages change well creates an organization that's ready and willing to change. And so I think if you respect your people, they will respect you back. That's a great point. And just to build on that, Brandy, I, th- I think you talked about communication and people. And I think I would just highlight when people are frustrated, when process pr- practitioners are frustrated with the process, the failure to listen to that, to respond to that and, and fix things is it's a, it, it's a morale problem and it's a bad people problem that you don't want to have to deal with. So fix it. Listen and fix it. Absolutely. People first, always. You two are a wealth of information, and I feel like I learn something new every time I talk to you. For everyone else who's listening to learn something new, and they want to speak to you about any of your experiences or about harmonization or background on your various experience within organizations, how can they reach out to you? Sure. I think people can find us on LinkedIn. Mike and I both have profiles on LinkedIn. And you can also search for Institute for Process Excellence online and, and find us there or our emails. Our emails are pretty simple too as well. So they're just our first names. So mine is Brandy at IPXHQ.com and we have Michael at IPXHQ.com. Easy enough. Thank you so much for joining us and uh, giving this experience today. And the blog that we mentioned earlier that Mike wrote is on our website So thank you to all of you for joining us for this episode of the True North Podcast brought to you by IPX, the Institute for Process Excellence. You can watch this episode on YouTube or you can listen to it on our website at www.ipxhq.com. Thank you. Thanks, Dee. Thank you for tuning in today. Don't forget to subscribe and review the show. And for more information on IPX, visit ipxhq.com. 